Today marks the start of a special journey for us as a church as we start with a brand new series called Wonderful. And I wanted to start this morning not just getting into my message, but I wanted to start this morning with a moment for you to encounter the wonder and the glory and the fullness of God's Spirit. Over the next weeks, we will discover again and afresh the beauty of the Spirit of the living God who dwells inside of us. But right now in this moment, I believe because the Spirit is transcendent and the Spirit of the living God is with each one of us in this moment, I believe He wants to give you a fresh touch. So can we take a moment to just open up our hearts and ask Him to come and meet us where we are today, wherever we are gathering in this moment. Maybe you can pray with me. Maybe you want to pray under, under your breath. Maybe you want to kneel. I don't know how you want to respond in this moment, but I know that the Spirit of the living God wants to come and touch you. So let's just, let's just wait on Him for a moment of encounter. Spirit of God, will you come with your fullness, the fullness of your wonder, the fullness of your power, the fullness of your indwelling presence. Even though, Lord, we are not physically together, Lord, your spirit is not limited in any way and it is ready to meet each one of us this morning. So I pray, Spirit of living God, will you come and speak? Will you come and move? Will you come and stir? Will you come and put in our hearts again a fire and a passion and a flame? And may we experience you and your power this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray even as we open your word and understand better how you work in our lives, that each one of us will leave this gathering today saying that we had a moment of meeting with the Spirit of the living God. I trust you for that this morning. Lord, I pray for my friends as we study your word together that you would speak to them beautifully and in a clear way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It is so wonderful to be able to gather together, to sing together, to meet together, even though we are physically apart. And such a confidence this morning that the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right where you are at. This morning I want to invite you to not just think or imagine that you are watching church, but for us to, to be church, to engage in the same manner that we would if we were physically together. So I believe as, as we study the word this morning that the Holy Spirit is going to speak in a powerful way to each one of us. This morning I'm preaching my message with a deep dependence. In preparation for a couple of weeks already and, and, and in preparing just this last few days and specifically today, I recognize that the teaching of who the Holy Spirit is and what it does is, is one that is so limited in human terms. And therefore this morning my dependence upon Him, that as I preach, He will do an incredible work to whoever is listening. So let's have faith this morning. And as I said, the next series is going to be titled Wonderful. Because if we look into the story of, of Jesus and to the message of the Father and into the promise of the Father of the Holy Spirit who brings all of that alive to us, there's a wonder and it's wonderful. But here's, here's the heartbeat of what we want to achieve over the next few weeks. Is we want to remind you that the fullness of that wonder of God dwells inside of you. So our goal simply over the next few weeks 
is to pursue the full wonder of the indwelling person, not an external presence. Just going to say that again. Our goal is to pursue the full wonder of the indwelling person, not an external presence. And this morning, we're going to be seeing, according to Scripture, how some of us might still think of the work of the Holy Spirit as something out there that still has to come or arrive or come and meet us. But when we understand Scripture and what Jesus has done, we will get to know that the fullness of the wonder of the Spirit of God is inside of each one of us. And we get to live in it. Paul writes in the first letter to the church in Corinth. And he says, don't you know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And it's a question. And I want to ask you that question this morning. Do you know and do you get this message that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells inside of you? What an encouragement, especially today. Where you are, the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of you. Where I am here in this moment speaking to you, the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of me. And there's no separation to the Spirit because He is inside of His temple, which is all of us as individuals joined together. So where you are finding yourself right now is where the Spirit of God is dwelling. You don't have to wait until we get to gather again in the way that we are used to and where we will gather again in the future. But the Spirit of God is right there according to this scripture and He is dwelling inside of you. A.W. Tozer wrote something profound, which I think is even such a prophetic declaration to this day and age. He says, if you burn down the church building and drive away all the people, you have not disturbed Christian worship at all. Keep a Christian from entering the church sanctuary and you have not in the least but hindered his worship. We carry our sanctuary with us. We never leave it. Wow, what an encouragement that we carry the sanctuary of God where the Spirit of the living God dwells inside of us. We don't have to leave it. And even though the church is not gathering in the way that we are used to, our sanctuaries on the inside, our temples are constantly hosting the Spirit of the living God so we can constantly and continually live in that space. Maybe the past few weeks has been really tough for you. And it's been for me. I can, I can relate. Just missing people and hanging out with people. But day after day, I've got to remind myself that I am not alone because of that Holy Spirit that I get to carry inside of me. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to be reading the whole chapter this morning. And we're going to see how Paul comes and brings a strong comparison to the Old Testament work of the Holy Spirit and the New Testament work of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit at various times came and, and, and filled the temple or rushed upon people. But it's clear that because of the promise of the Father and Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come, that today we are that temple and there's a constant indwelling. We don't have to wait for that presence to arrive anymore. Paul wants to make sure that the church gets this message. So he doubles down and he already writes about that in the first letter to Corinth and, and saying you are that temple. But then he wants to just go a little bit deeper and he sends them another letter. And in this letter he says, now let me explain to you quite clearly what it looks like 
in this new covenant of Jesus, of how the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So let's read together 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is Spirit. This morning I'm simply going to title my message, Full of Wonder. Paul makes a case here and he says, The Old Covenant had some glory in it. So much so that when Moses met with God and encountered God, that his face was shining. And he had to come down from those moments of meeting with God and the people could not look at his face because it was filled with the wonder and the glory of, of an encounter with God. And, but then he says, that covenant has passed. And if that covenant, which was only a temporary covenant, only a temporary moment, only part of the story that we get to read, had such glory that a man's face would shine and others had to look away. Come on, how much more this new story, now that Jesus has arrived and He has brought the second covenant, the new covenant, a completely new way of life. And Paul says, I need you church to understand this, that you are now dwelling and living in a far greater glory and a permanent glory that far exceeds anything that the people has ever seen. In Ephesians 3, he writes as well, he says, God chose it through His church, that's through us. His varied wisdom and multicolored wisdom will be on display to the spirit world. In Romans 8, it says that our spirits on the inside cry out, Abba, Father. And it, it confirms that we are all children of God and creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. 
there is a desire in God and because of what Jesus has done for his church to understand that the wonder of the spirit dwells inside of us. And we don't have to wait anymore. We don't have to look away anymore and wonder when that will come. We are living in this new covenant and that glory is beautiful and it's glorious and it's ready to be in our lives. It's a compelling passage of comparison. And Paul is doubling down on this idea to really get the message out that this new covenant and how the Holy Spirit relates to man is filled with wonder. And you get to be a part of that. So this morning we're going to look at three physical things that Paul is comparing in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament and in the New Covenant, the New Testament. Since Jesus has come, He has brought with Him a whole new way of life and relating to God. Some things of old isn't important anymore. Some things of old doesn't have the, the same gravitas that it had back in that day because now... When Jesus has come, there's something new to live in. And he takes three physical things. He speaks about temples. He speaks about stone tablets. And he speaks about mirrors. And the Holy Spirit has shifted. And I pray this morning that in the same way that the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Covenant is so much different than the New Covenant. And that there has been a shift that as the word is preached this morning, you would experience, even in yourself, how the Holy Spirit shifts you into a greater degree of His glory. So first thing we see in these two com comparisons of the two covenants, the two testaments, is that the Holy Spirit has shifted from dead buildings to living temples. No longer will you find Him in a building. No longer do you have to wait like the Israelites and the people of God had to wait and wonder when it's going to happen. You are now that place where He has chosen to dwell. I don't know about you, if you've ever had the opportunity to visit a cathedral. I've been blessed to, to see some of the greatest cathedrals in the world. Been to the Vatican. I've seen St. Paul's in London actually twice. And I went there with massive expectation of what it might be like to experience God in those buildings. What I left with is that those buildings are, yes, indeed, incredible, worshipful pieces of art. But that art isn't the holders of the presence of God. It is just a building. It is just a painting. We went to St. Paul's the last time in 2018 as a family and I remember walking through it and it's just tourists everywhere and taking pictures and, and you see a few people who, who are practicing religion and they're lighting candles and sitting quietly and I'm not judging how their relationship with God is and what they experienced in that moment. But St. Paul's was quite a busy experience with not a whole lot of wonder to behold and we eventually made it all the way up to the dome and my moment of experiencing God really happened on the outside as we were at the top of the dome at the outside and we took some time to just breathe and enjoy the fresh air God spoke to me personally in that moment not because of the building not because of the beautiful art but because he wanted to say something to me and that next day we were at a conference and someone came and gave me a prophetic word which confirmed the very thing that God spoke to me the day before. And, and I'm sharing this with you to really help you shift this understanding that God is not found in art. Art is pointing us to the glory of God. God is not found in music 
or in preaching or in painting or in dancing or in writing. These are all art forms. And just like a building is sculpted for people to gather, it is not the physical thing that holds the presence of God. It is the humans and all of those things are purely intended to point towards the glory of God and the indwelling power of His presence through His Spirit. We read in Acts chapter 7 how the people were challenged with this thought. Speaking about Solomon's temple, who was, I can imagine, a hundred times more splendorous and beautiful than any cathedral I have ever seen. But it says, it was Solomon who built a house for him, yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? Get this, that you are a walking cathedral. That your life has the opportunity to put on display all the beauty of God and the wonder of His presence and His Spirit inside of you. That we don't have to wait as a church family until we get to meet at our meeting place once more. But that now today we get to be the cathedral, the temple, the dwelling place of God. When Paul says, don't you know that you are the temple of God? He spoke in a plural form. It was the plural you because he was including every believer who is part of the household of God. Each one of us. It's like a cathedral who gets to host His presence. No longer do we have to go and meet somewhere specific for it. No longer do we have to wait for a specific moment in the music for the presence to come. It is inside of us. The Spirit of the living God is inside of us. And we cannot domesticate Him by a location. We cannot keep Him domesticated by a moment. In the past, He chose to reveal Himself through the appearance in a physical building. But today... He does it in all of us and all of what happened in the past was merely pointing to what we get to experience as His church today. Your life holds all the wonder, glory and potential. So why don't you become that walking cathedral that God intended for you to be? Second thing that we see that is being compared is that the Spirit moves from stone tablets to human hearts. Here's another shift away from the, the tablets of God's word that was received by his people to God writing on our hearts. We read earlier in our, in our text that you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink or carved out of a stone tablet, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. See, in the Old Testament, the law and the word of God and the story of God was, was written into these tablets and scribed down in, in ink and then read out by leaders, read out by chosen people to be remembered by the people and recounted by the people of God at various times and, and, and to be recited. But it was only the leaders who, who received such things from God and then, then held it and, 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 and created it and then shared it with others but Paul says something profound. He says, you know what, that, that which we see in you, church, is so clear that, that God has now come and He's written His word on your heart through 
the Holy Spirit. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit is imprinting something on the inside which wasn't possible in the previous covenant. Have you ever received a love letter? Now I know how it's going to go in your homes right now. The youth is going to hold back. They don't want mom and dad to see that they have received a love letter. So I'm going to give you a moment and just respond to my question. Have you ever received a love letter? And now if there are any worried parents out there, you can have this conversation with your kids after the service. So let's pause that thought. But if you receive a love letter, it's not the piece of paper and the ink that does anything. It is what happens on the inside of your heart when you read that, that awakens something inside of you. You see, I can, I can write a letter and put it in an envelope and send it your way and, and put on the envelope, love letter, but inside of it, I can write anything I want and you, you might be completely disconnected to it as a recipient. But when, when someone who's in love with someone else sends a letter, it's about the essence of what they want to say to their hearts. And this is what the Spirit does. He comes to us and He dwells inside of us to make this alive. To take the Word of God and, and let us experience it on the inside. Not just as written law or, or carved into stones or ink on paper. But He's the one who does the imprinting of the Word of God inside of our human hearts. Inside of our souls. Inside of our spirits. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied that this was going to happen. He said, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. How beautiful that God prophetically gave this promise to his people that there will be a day where His Spirit dwells inside of us and then He works with our human hearts and He conditions it and he, and he imprints on it and He shapes it and He forms it until that fullness of the understanding of the wonder of God inside of us becomes a love letter to Him and to the world to see. Can we start reading the Bible with the power of the Spirit working inside of us? Some of us pick it up and we treat it like a tablet of stone. Like something we just want to get through. But when you simply pray, Holy Spirit, help me shift from heart stone to a ready heart, to a receiving heart, to an open heart. There's an imprinting that happens, which is absolutely beautiful, which we cannot live without. And which puts inside of us a well of wonder, wellspring of life that is ready to flow outside of us. So where's your heart at today? Today I had a really tough day. <laughs> and all along the day, my heart had wanted to go hard and, and be a heart of stone. And I just prayed the whole day, Holy Spirit, give me a soft heart. Holy Spirit, remind me of the truth. Holy Spirit, remind me of the word. Holy Spirit, remind me of the wonder. Holy Spirit, give me the ability to preach this message to the church today. Because my heart is battling. Maybe your heart has been battling, especially in light of everything that's around us. Can you simply pray and say, Holy Spirit, give me a soft heart again. Come and imprint inside of me the wonder and the glory and the beauty and the splendor and the light of Jesus. So that I live from that understanding and from that perspective. And then lastly, 
the last physical thing that is <laughs> that is being compared here and I love this and if you get this today your life will forever be changed and I know so many of you know this and live there but even today you might just be refreshed in this understanding but there's a shift from covered faces to shining mirrors in this message he says how Moses had to, had to go up to meet God and if you study the Old Testament the priest who had to go and meet meet with God had to go with with a veiled face they couldn't look at the glory of God and once he met with God he would come down from the presence of God and then the people would have to look away and they couldn't look Moses in the face because of the glory of God upon him and they had to put a veil over their faces but today because of Jesus and because of the fulfillment of the law and the old covenant we get to gaze into the full glory of God we don't have to come with covered faces anymore even if we sin and even when we sin we can boldly come to his throne of grace because he has paid the finished price and so many of us approach God still with a covered face still holding back still maybe scared because of a past experience to look full into the glory of his wonder we read this morning now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord as the Lord is spirit you see when we get this that the spirit is busy inside of us taking us from one step of glory to the next deeper and deeper into God letting us experience something but then he says you know what my children there's more for you to experience let us grow in, in our understanding of God but then he says there's more for you to experience and and why why don't you open up your face and and look fully at me and fully at my scripture because in the end this is what it will look like if you hold up a mirror and imagine that mirror is the glory of God you will look at it one day and you will see your own reflection in that mirror and the reflection of God will be resting upon you that is the fullness of the wonder which he has for all of us that's why I say Christianity can never be boring walking with Jesus and understanding the indwelling power of his presence can never be boring because today he is teaching me something and tomorrow he's got something else and he's constantly growing me in his glory so let us boldly come to his throne of grace let us grow level upon level layer upon layer moment upon moment day upon day in the glory which he has for us because there's a world out there that is waiting for the revealing of those who look into the mirror of God's glory and say my life is reflecting that where are you at this morning when you think about God can you say my life is reflecting the glory of God did you know that it's a few simple steps forward for you to live like that in my role to lead a church there's nothing special about me it's simply the work that God has intended for me I don't have a greater glory available each one of us because of the spirit inside of us and the finished work of Jesus on the cross have the invitation to pull up this mirror and let it shine upon us and we can shine back the glory of God
to God and to the world. This morning we are all in a different place. But here's the invitation. Here's the, the invitation from the Spirit that He wants to shine upon you. He wants to shine upon your face, upon your soul, upon your spirit. He wants to work inside of you. So why are we holding back? And this morning I want to ask that we would not hold back, but let Him take us to the next level of glory. What could your life look like next week if you fully allow Him to lead you into the next level of glory? What could your life look like this afternoon if you tell Him this morning, Spirit of God, just come. And I want to look you full in your wondrous face and ask that that glory which I see and which I heard about this morning will reflect upon me and that I will get to reflect it back. He's no longer in a building. He's living inside of you. You're a walking cathedral. Secondly, it is not just ink on paper or carved hard stones. It's your heart which He wants to come with the power of His Spirit to write His wonderful message upon. And lastly, as we engage the fullness of His Spirit and the wonder which He has for us, we grow in how we reflect His glory into this world. I want us to take a moment this morning and respond to this message. I want you to be as bold as to not care for who's around you in this moment. And maybe you would be as bold to go onto your knees. Maybe you would be as bold to just move away a little, get up from the couch, go find a, a space by yourself. But here's what I want us to do. I want us all to say, Holy Spirit, can you lead me into the next level of wonder and glory which you have for me? I want to be growing in my understanding of your work. I want to be a temple that hosts you well. Can we do that for the next few minutes? I'm going to give you guys just a second to, to find a place and to quiet your hearts. Jesus, you said it is to our advantage that you go. Jesus, you said that the Father has promised to send us the Comforter, the Helper, the Paraclete, His Spirit to live inside of us. Jesus, you so clearly showed us through your scripture this morning and through the life that you lived and what your church has become today that we can be full of the wonder of your glory. So I pray for my friends this morning, Lord, wherever they find themselves, Lord, maybe some of them have been stuck at a certain place in their walk with you. Maybe they haven't experienced that indwelling presence for quite some time. So this morning, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, will you reach out from inside of them and from around them and touch them in this moment with a deep knowing that you want to take them to a greater degree of glory. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are still waiting for you to arrive and to appear, Lord, that we would understand that if we quiet ourselves and focus on you and simply wait in our spirits upon you, that we can hear your voice and that you are ready to speak to us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, 
that you would be the one who continue to imprint the nature of God upon each of our hearts. I pray that into this week and beyond this moment, we would have wonder-filled experiences with you. That we would have wonder-filled moments of being reminded of this message. And that we would be a people and we would be a church that if the world had to see us, can say those people and that church reflects the glory of God in a beautiful way. And stand in awe, not because of us, but because of the Spirit of the living God dwelling inside of us. And we trust you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.